From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my amazing co-host, <laughs> Free Tucker. Hello, hello. I can't even do it. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I like that. I'm glad I got you off. I got you. Uh-huh. I'm always the one who's trying to mess with you, and you got me this time. I wasn't even looking at you. I was like, I missed the whole thing. It works. It works. It works. Oh, God. Well, I think- I think that I have to do something to cheer you up because, guys, we're we're recording this the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. Oh, my no. heart just was ripped out of my chest yesterday being a Chiefs fan. It was, you know, what's funny. So my my boyfriend was there with us, and this is the first time he's gotten to sit through a major playoff game. Like, mm-hmm. well, I guess he sat through the ones this year, but he missed the Super Bowl last year with me. We'll mm-hmm. just say that. And I want to say, like, halfway through the second quarter, he's like, Bree. It's not looking so good. And I'm like, I just turned and I, I was dead serious, angry at him. I'm like, you cannot be a Chiefs fan if you're giving up already. Like, we are fourth quarter, three minutes left, then you can call it. Then you can throw in the towel, but not before that. It's so funny because so you have these special shoes that you always wear and you always post like on Facebook and Instagram. You're like, I got my shoes on. And they honestly, they look like the most uncomfortable shoes ever. But they are. They are. They are. They're cute as hell, but they are uncomfortable. They are like, what, like four inch heels with like a little bit of a platform on the front. It was, and they really have been lucky. Last night, the Super Bowl was the first game they haven't worked for in over a year. Oh man, that had to have been something else going on there. It was also painful. Like it It was was painful physically and emotionally. So yes, you're right. It was, it was rough. And then like I had a poopy morning too. So literally poop was involved in the morning. uh, (laughs) I hate those mornings. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, it's been a rough 24 hours to say the least. Yes. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna make it better. We're gonna make it better right now. And we are talking today about cooling down when it comes to yourself and cooling down when it comes to your kids, especially when we get into these fights where they're like these all out, they feel all out wars and your kids get so emotionally turbulent, like it's screaming, it's crying, it's yelling and we're all told, okay, you know, just calm down. And like, what does that calm down phrase get you? No, I'm not going to calm down. I don't need it. My, my daughter's favorite. Don't tell me to breathe. Breathing doesn't work. 
Uh, I think it does. But yeah, no. And you know what, too? I mean, I'm not just going to say about the kids. How many of us as parents have had our flip our lid moments? We're like, we are so upset. I get it all we the time. See red. I have to like walk away many times when I'm in some arguments with my kids. I mean, just just like a few weeks ago, we got into this argument where my son refused to fold his laundry. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I, man, that laundry is like, uh, but he refused to fold it. And I was about to go to war over him not folding his laundry. Because first of all, I'm not folding his laundry. Right. He is seven. We have folded laundry together forever. I was even offered to help him fold his laundry. Right. He just needed to pick a time we could do it together. And he didn't want to do it. And I had to like walk away so many times just as myself because I was going to say something I regretted and it ended by I finally calmed down and I was talking to my husband I'm like am I making this a really big deal like should I be going to war over this one and he says no like it doesn't affect anyone but him if he doesn't fold his laundry and didn't he I'm gonna throw this out there didn't he also throw out the phrase to you you can't make me you can't make me (laughs) Oh, I hate I, that phrase. I almost lost it. Like, it almost I makes, lost it. Almost it almost feels like it's a bet, doesn't it? I'm it like, almost feels like a, it. Yeah. yeah, like you can't make me. Oh, you want to bet? You want to bet? <laughs> I can and do then, a lot of things. And then the and then logic like comes in once the emotion comes out of it, and the logic that comes in is like, yeah, this really like you said. Like yeah. once you talk to your husband, you're like, ah. but there were like two instances in particular where I had to walk away because I knew right. like I was getting so angry. And we're gonna go into how you can tell if you're gonna get into that zone of being so angry. But one was the you can't make me, mm-hmm. and then another one was he told me that he would fold it. On on Mon- like a Monday when I was working and he didn't do it. And I brought that up. I'm like, you promised you would fold it. He's like, I never said promise. Oh, I gosh. had to walk away Let again. Let me just take that knife out of my heart for a moment. Oh, I was going to say stuff <laughs> that I regretted. But you know what? When we when we take time and we cool down, we maintain our relationship with our kids, which is the most right. important thing because we're playing the long game here. We're not playing the short game of trying just to get him fold his laundry. It's the long game of having a long-term influence influence over his behavior and keeping those lines of communication open. You know, this reminds me of Scrubs. Did you ever watch Scrubs and how he would always have those fantasies in his head about things like the fantasies you would see in my head when my kids say stuff like that to me, like I never promised or I never did. Oh, my gosh. In my head. But yes, cooler heads prevail. So that's what we are going to be talking about today. It's going to be so great for you because you're going to walk away with a strategy first to cool down and how to teach your kids to cool down and how to know when to teach your kids to cool down. Because there's all these times. So before we get started, let's do a quick shout out, Brie. Okay. First, we so appreciate you listening to our podcast. It makes us so happy, especially when we hear from you either by email, when you send us emails to hello at no guiltmom.com about things you want to see on the podcast or you leave us reviews so those reviews they're our big fuzzy virtual hugs people they totally are so we're gonna read one of those reviews right now as a shout out so okay all right so i'm gonna read this one from in love with apple in love with apple says great advice for all moms i absolutely love brie and joanne their guests are fantastic and i love their easy conversation i highly recommend this podcast 
for all moms. Yay! Well, thank you. You know, I'm in love with apples too. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> we we'd love to hear from you. So if you have a few minutes, rate us and hopefully, hopefully we earn your five stars and leave us a review because we can't wait to give you a shout out. Right, right. And you know what else though too? Like the more that we've already said this before, but seriously, the more people that come in and at least give us like a review or rating, it helps us share it with other moms. It does. This yes. really, really helps us reach out a lot. So it I is a no guilt it. mom revolution. I know we are starting a movement here, people. Yes. So now let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, cooling down. This is such a hard subject. First, because it's hard to cool down when you're used to flipping your lid and reacting to everything. I mean, I had a boss who was a reactor and she admitted that she was a reactor because I said like, anytime I get a horrible email, I have to step away and think about it. I can't react. Like I can't write back right away. And she's like, oh, I just fire off the first thing I said. I look at her and I'm like, I know you do. I know you fire <laughs> off the first thing you think. Like, so cooling down is such an important thing because we love uh, Dr. Dan Siegel and Dr. Tina Payne Bryson. Yes. Uh, they are the authors of The Whole Brain Child and many, many other amazing books. I mean, No Drama Discipline, The Yes Brain, like they're amazing. And uh, Tina Payne Bryson has been on the podcast, episode number 24 if you want to take a look at hers, but they have this concept and they talk about it a lot in the whole brain child about the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain. And you know, to even give that a little bit more of a crossover, I'm a certified positive discipline instructor for parents and we talk about it a lot in positive discipline as well. It's a phenomenal concept and it really does help you kind of be like, yep, that's exactly what happens when I get upset. And what I also love about it is a little hand gesture I'm always making yeah. my little hand gestures with it for it's the like little flip your lid. It's like you have a fist and then you open your hand and that's the flip your lid. It's like, it's like the Girl Scout honor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you have your hand open. Yeah. But anyways, the point is about how the brain works. But once you know the reasoning behind how the brain works, you're going to better be able to stay cool yourself and know that you're on the right path by giving these tips and strategies. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes as a parent, like you try something and you see, oh my gosh, it's not working. I must be doing it wrong and I need to change everything that I do. When really, you just need to give it time. So when you know the strategy behind it and what you're working with, you're going to be able to give it that time. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine 
imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bria, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like streetcar tracks, and my bike's tire, like, went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just, like, skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. So first, you have a downstairs brain and you have an upstairs brain. That downstairs brain, it's right at the back of your head. Like if you go to the back of your head and you move up that base of your skull, that's where your downstairs brain is. And that includes all your emotional instincts and reactions. That is the oldest part of your brain. It's the oldest part. It went back to like caveman times. And before that, like... yes. This fight or flight, it's emotional. It also uh, maintains all of the critical life supports as well, like Mm -hmm. breathing. 
swallowing, like all those things. <laughs> yeah, it wants to keep you from danger. It wants to keep you alive. <laughs> so when you're like approached with a dangerous situation or when something threatens you, that limbic system goes into effect, that downstairs brain, and it's like, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> and it wants to save you. Right. And unfortunately, our body thinks that we're under fire sometimes yes. when we're dealing with stress from our kids. Yes, exactly. Stress from anything. But I'm picking on our kids because we're we're moms here. So, <laughs> so the thing that stops us from reacting is our upstairs brain. And that's right like by your forehead. It's where your cerebral cortex is. It's where all your decision making occurs. Oh, and we get this one at a young age, right? Like this one comes in when we're like, you know, four or five, right? <laughs> it, well, <laughs> it know, takes a while for this one to develop. Note the sarcasm, people. Yes. <laughs> And what takes even longer for this to develop is if you think of like a set of stairs between your downstairs brain and your upstairs brain, when you're young, that set of stairs isn't very complete yet. So that you have a really, really hard time regulating your emotions because your upstairs brain and your downstairs brain, they don't talk to each other very well. And the upstairs brain is unfinished. It's like an attic, really, the upstairs brain. Like that unfinished attic in a home. Can I just say, I think I know some adults too that don't quite have their stairs finished yet either. Mm, and they don't have the <laughs> strategies in place to yes. like help them communicate with both like parts of your brain. So your upstairs brain, as I said, it's all your decision making. It's the thing that says, calm down. This isn't a big deal. Joanne, don't go nuts over folding laundry. This isn't worth it. <laughs> That's the upstairs brain talking. And as long as the two are communicating, sometimes the upstairs brain can keep downstairs and check and tell it, right, don't overreact to this. Don't yell. Don't scream. Don't run away. Don't shut down. You got this. But sometimes they can't. Nope. And then, then that's when you have your lovely little explosions. Yes. Uh, we have our moments that as parents aren't exactly our proudest moments. We tend to have like a lot of that drama going on. That's where you hear the yelling, the screaming or stomping off, doors slamming. Mm -hmm. It happens across the board. So something that they discuss in The Whole Brain Child are these zones that you get into. And the regulated zone, the zone where you make very rational decisions and you're calm, that's your green zone. Okay. Your green zone, like your upstairs brain, your downstairs brain are talking to each other. You're not overwhelmed with emotion. But say something happens, uh, like your child tells you that they can't make you, they can't, like you, you can't, can't make, make them, them <laughs> fold their laundry, you uh. might start moving to another zone. And there are two zones actually on each side of the green zone. And you might tend to go to one more than the other. The first one's the red zone. That's where you blow up. That's right. the yelling. That's the screaming. Yes. That, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it in my head and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to the red zone right now because I, I can think back to like a million arguments I've had with my kids in recent times or even just an eye roll. Mm -hmm. Oh, that puts you in the red zone. Oh, yeah. The red zone. So when you get to the red zone, you know that, okay, my downstairs and upstairs brain, they are not communicating right now. Right. When you see your kids in the red zone and they're having a tantrum and they're screaming and they're crying, their upstairs brain and downstairs brain isn't communicating either. So here's the important part. No amount of reasoning with your child about why this isn't important or why this isn't a big deal or how to calm down, nothing is going to get through to them because their upstairs brain and downstairs brain, they're not talking to each other right now. Well, and let's just take a moment to reflect on that as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so think back to a time where you've had an argument and I'm going to pick more than likely your partner 
I think it happens more with our partners than with our kids, but it can be kids, whichever you want. Have you ever been where you've been having a discussion with them and you are genuinely upset about something and Mm -hmm. they tell you the feedback you get is calm down. Oh my gosh. It's not that big of a deal. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make you want to calm down? Does that make you, do you, have you ever really, let's be honest people, have you ever been able to go, oh, you're right. (laughs) My my bad. bad. This isn't a big deal at all. Duh. Yeah. No. No, never. You're too upset at that moment. You might hear them. The the best that you could get is like, all right, I hear you, but right now, don't need this. Exactly. And you might shut down. You might walk away because, again, you're in that red zone. You're in the red zone. Now, you might be one who goes to the blue zone instead of the red zone. Like you go the opposite direction and you freeze and you shut down. It's like that fight or flight. This is Mm -hmm. your flight mode. You freeze and shut down. You don't deal with the situation whatsoever. And that's not the best zone to be in either. Nope. Your upstairs brain and downstairs brain, they're not talking to each other in that zone. They're saying like, oh, I refuse to acknowledge the situation. It's too much for me. I need to run. Oh my gosh, yes. And who's been in that situation either where you've been like talking to, again, I'm going to pick on the spouse part. You're (laughs) talking to your spouse about something or you guys are having a very lively discussion and then they just shut down. Yeah. And they just stop talking. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, do you not care? What's happening? It it just, it tends to make you also, you're very emotionally charged. So So either zone, you're emotionally charged. So it helps to know if you're going into one of those zones or not. If you're leaving the green zone at any time where I felt myself leaving that green zone with the laundry, (laughs) I had to tell my son, I'm upset. I can't talk about this right now and leave the room. And that's really a great strategy because you are not going to say something you regret. I had so many things to say at that time that I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Right. (laughs) And you have time for your upstairs brain and downstairs brain to start communicating again. Because when you're in that state of raw emotion, all you want to do is like first prove the other person wrong. Of course. That's always where I go. Yeah. I think human nature. Yeah. You're like, I have to prove that my point was valid. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I find helps? Hmm. Walking off and, and having that conversation with myself. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like crazy. What? Well, like if I go, it, now granted, I'm you know me so well, Joanne, that I do not have this capability to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes I can be in a good enough spot where I can, like you just said, walk away. Yeah. And I'll go into my room and I'll, sh- and I'll lay down for a few minutes. I just lay down and I try to breathe. Sometimes I'll listen to music, whatever. And then I will literally have the conversation with myself. Brie, she said this. What does that mean? Okay, well, it means this. Okay, is that going to like ruin everything? Well, no. She's just going to end up going to school tomorrow with like, you know, wrinkled clothes. And then she's going to be mad at me. And we'll get in a fight. And I'll remind her that it was her choice not to fold her clothes, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm good. Like, I can walk through it. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Sometimes. But I sound like a crazy person. I would imagine if you were standing outside my door, you would be like, okay, she has lost it. Because I'm (laughs) having a two-person conversation with myself. I find the only way for myself like that I get off it is I have to forgive everybody. And it's really crazy. Like because I'm a ruminator, I will go back through situations again and again and again and be like, oh, I should have said this differently or I should have said that differently. And that hasn't helped me in the past. So I just have to to forgive. And it's actually from a book. It's called Get Rich, Lucky Bee. And it's by Denise Duffield Thomas, who's coming on the podcast, which are so excited. But she has this forgiveness mantra. And you just you go back and you feel all the feelings that you feel. And then you say, like, thank you. I forgive you. I love you. And there's one more that I'm forgetting in there. But it's just going through that each time those feelings come up so that you forgive 
the person or you forgive the situation or you even forgive yourself and like stop getting on yourself for not doing something correctly. Stop feeling guilty, perhaps? Yes, yes. Mm. So I've been trying that lately and I find it helps. It's not like an immediate thing, but it does help me get back faster. I like the verbiage being used in that, Mm -hmm. especially because, again, we're talking about we're talking about upstairs, downstairs brain, losing your cool in all kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it happens a lot with our family, right? We lose our cool a lot with those that we feel the most emotionally comfortable with. So I would tend to get more emotionally involved in a discussion slash argument, whatever, with my kids or with my partner. And I do love those people. Yeah. So reminding yourself that you love them Mm. is, I think, is a huge factor in that forgiveness. Reminding yourself that That I love you. Yeah. I love you and I'm not going to let laundry ruin our relationship. Exactly. I think it's a really important thing. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Brie here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explained. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. So those two things, recognize your upstairs brain and downstairs brain, and know when you leave your zone. And those are two things to teach kids as well. Um, And if you need help teaching your kids this, we have a great course called Emotions 911, where we talk about all of this. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes. So that brings us to the third. The third thing is teaching kids how to calm down and teaching ourselves how to calm down. 
and finding those strategies that work. Huge, huge. And I think that's a big factor right there. So let's let's talk about these and then we can be like relaying back to when and how they work for us. Yes. So like everybody doesn't cool down in the same ways. They're like are different things that cool me down, I'm sure, then cool you down, then mm-hmm. cool like my kids down. And the trick is finding those things because a lot of the times we're so used to feeling mad and upset about a situation that we don't realize that we have control over those really strong emotions that we're feeling. We think it is something outside of us. We think it's, oh, that person's fault for causing it. Or if only this was fixed, I wouldn't feel this way. When really it is our own emotions that we can calm ourselves down. Right. 100% is. It'd be so much nicer if you could just blame everything that goes wrong on outside environment, but you can't. You can't. So you have to find a few calm down strategies that work for you. So things like belly breathing, like laying on your back, putting your hand on your diaphragm and just breathing in and out and watching your hands rise and fall really slowly, that's a great calm down technique. I use belly breathing. Do you use belly breathing? Um, I do. I use it where I just, I'm thoughtful of my breaths. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of like just trying to be thoughtful that I'm breathing all the way in. And yeah, it more so I do visualization of my lungs filling up like a balloon. Ooh. It was a technique I used to teach in my uh, community classes for kids where you tell them to match. Well, for the really little ones, I mm-hmm. taught them to believe that or to envision that they are a balloon. Mm-hmm. So you, they would put their hands on their head. And as you breathe in and the belly goes out, you know, they're inflated. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't see me, obviously. <laughs> but I have my hands on my head and my hands are getting bigger, like like I'm inflating a balloon. Yeah. And then as you breathe out, they go down. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So that's, that's very really... relaxing just watching you do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very good for little kids and for adults. It can work too. What I like to do actually is I lay on my back, like, but instead of focusing on the belly, I focus on the chest. So I put mm. my hands on my chest mm-hmm. and I feel my chest expand and go down. That's just what works for me. I like that. It's the exact same thing, just a different body part. Just a different body part. Mm -hmm. And then removing yourself from the situation. I have to do that one a lot. That's my favorite one, actually, because I find it's most effective for me. Mm -hmm. Because standing there and seeing, especially if you've got a tween, because that's when the lovely uh, oh, gosh. You know, yes. eye rolls and the and just the little body it language so that hard. pokes at you comes in. It's like when you have a tween and I'm just getting here because I think my daughter, like I heard you like talk about all these things and like, oh, my daughter's not there yet. But oh, now she's there. She's just younger than everyone else. <laughs> and now it's coming. But uh, you just feel like nothing you do is good enough. For your kid when they get to a tween, like everything is meant with eye rolls or like every little tone thing. It's like a judgment on you as a parent. So like coming from the transition of having your kids think you're amazing to you don't know anything. It's hard. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. So whenever I can do the removing myself, Mm -hmm. it works really well. Yeah. Except for when I'm stuck in the car. That's a hard one. That's a rough one. one. But anyway. It's only a phase, right? It's only a phase. I keep telling myself that. (laughs) And there's lots of good parts too. There's so many good parts. There are. It's not all bad. It's just this one little thing right now is really hard to deal with. Right. Walking, like some physical movement, that does it for me. Mm -hmm. I really do enjoy like a short, brisk walk. Like sometimes I will fight it because I'll tell myself I'm too busy with other things going on. But Mm -hmm. really, every time I do it, I feel better. You feel better. Yeah. Every time. And then music. Like music is something my son has been going to lately. He plugs like in his Kindle and he listens to actually Disney music is his favorite. That's awesome. And it doesn't work all the time. He has to be in the mood for the music to calm him down. Yeah. 
that that can be I've, I'm trying to think like I used to when I had a really bad day at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this wasn't necessarily a stress about one exact situation with a kid. But again, if I had like a really stressful day at work, and I was like, Oh, my goodness, I would drive home to the loudest punk music I could find. <laughs> and I would roll down all the windows and I would be screaming the chorus line. Oh, my God, just screaming at the top of my lungs. And I'm sure I know a few times when I was at stoplights, people would literally do that whole thing where they turn and look at you sideways like you were crazy. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and I would just be I, I wouldn't stop because I needed to get it out. And then by the time I got home, I felt like a million pounds lighter. Yeah, because so you have much to get like stress. all that energy out. Definitely. Right, right. I wouldn't do that in front of my kids, the screaming, because I think that would scare them. But I did do it in the car when I was But you can talk to it them about nice. it. Like, I think something that's good to help kids cool down is to really be open about how you cool down. Yes. And mm-hmm. letting them know. I think a huge thing for kids, because again, I run into this with both of my kids. So I'll tell them a technique and they seem to think for whatever reason that that's the only technique out there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, there's a bazillion different ways that you can try it. And then there's even like the, um, when you're dealing with anxiety overwhelming, the five, what was it? The five elements that technique that I have with my oh, son. Oh, yeah. Where like, you know, you put mm-hmm. your feet on the ground. That's earth. You you take a drink of water. That's, that's water. You breathe in for air. And then um, you fire up your imagination and think of a happy place. And that helps you calm down. So there's so many different techniques you can use. Some of them work in some situations. Some don't. Some yeah. of them work with certain people. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I have found that with my daughter, when her and I get into a conflict, the walking away is the most effective for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other places, I could do the breathing or whatever, but it just it just depends. There's it so depends. many. Yeah. So reminding them that there's different options. Yep. And it depends on the situation, too. And it depends on the time of day. And it depends on how tired you are and how yes. hungry you are. And it just depends. And there's not one way to cool down. But knowing your options and I think is the, a good thing. Yeah. And I think that you really hit the point there when you talk about the more that we talk about it and show our kids us doing it, mm-hmm. the more regular it becomes. I think you'll totally agree with this one. The more that we talk to our kids and just say like, you need to calm down. This is what, these are different techniques to try. The less likely they're going to listen. Oh yeah, they shut that out pretty quick. But the more that they actually just see us doing it, maybe we do a little bit of that internal monologue and we we say it out loud of like, okay, I'm just, guys, I'm going to breathe. I do that. That works so well because they look at you like you're a crazy person, but that means that you have their attention at that moment. Right. And And they're they're watching watching you. you. Right. And Mm -hmm. if they see that once it was done, you were able to go through the conversation and that we were able to do it without losing our cool, without yelling, without giving unreasonable uh, punishments, which I think we all have at some point have been like, that's it, you're never leaving your room again. Oh yeah. My first instinct was like, fine, fine. I won't do anything for you ever again. Right. (laughs) Because yeah, <laughs> you want them is, to feel the pain you want, you're feeling. Yeah. But again, the more that we, you you say this all the time, like the more that we actually do these things, physically do them in front of our kids, and we actually add in the dialogue mm-hmm. that we normally would have quietly in our head, but we try to let them hear some of that internal dialogue, the better it is for them. That's a yeah. way better teaching technique than me saying, okay, now breathe. Cause, or it's yeah. a better way than say, than thinking like you never struggle with it. Like oh, my kids I know, right? always see me struggle with my reactions and my emotions. So they see that, oh, that's a, that's a normal thing. Like there's nothing wrong with me that I feel this mad right now. But here's someone else who's struggling with it. And this is what they're doing. Okay, I'm going to try that. I think that's a really huge thing because chances are if you were to sit down and talk to your kids tonight, almost any age they're probably going to tell you that you don't have trouble losing your temper. Yeah. That you don't have as much as they do. And it's because they perceive that you don't because you have these calming techniques. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and just talking about them is great. So the steps. Know about the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain. And just knowing that is going to help you stick with this for long term. Know when you leave your zone and teach your kids like what it is to leave your zone, leave your green zone and jump into either the red zone or the blue zone. And then finally, teach kids how to cool down, but not in the moment of being upset. Talk right. at a different time about these cool down strategies. Because again, when you know their upstairs brain, downstairs brain aren't communicating, they can't hear you. Right. Okay. It reminds <laughs> me back to that whole the movie Inside Out. I think yeah. by now all of us have seen the anger, the angry one. Yeah. And when he gets mad, right? Like the other parts, the other emotions try to talk to him, but he just has flames like, coming out of his exactly. head and he sees and hears nothing. Yeah. And that's and, how it is. Right. That is not the time to be teaching calm down strategies. I mean, it's not the only time. Mm-mm. Yes, it is a help full time if you can help talk your child through it but it's definitely not the most effective there's just fire coming out of their heads and there's nothing (laughs) you can do to put it out flames flames Flames. from everywhere and if your child struggles with these things and you want a little more help uh check out our program for kids emotions 911 which teaches your child directly like this is a course for them it's not a course for you but you can watch it with them Uh, How to name their emotions, recognize when they're angry, and communicate those feelings with other people. It is like such great life skills that they can take with them for the rest of time. Yes, it's huge. It helps them in so many different areas because once Mm -hmm. you can get your emotions in a place where you realize that you do have some impact on them, Mm -hmm. your communication skills, your ability to understand what you can and can't do, it's huge, huge positive impacts. Yes. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.